The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents the 23rd College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, the Banditos' fresh May daily kickoff with your host, Phil Houck. And now back for a special encore performance, Fighting Irish Preview Poet Laureate, Sir Philip Houck. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. Oh, last Saturday was a miserable day. Uh, I've, I've done my best. I, I do feel your pain. So, so here you go. I hope this helps. I call this a stunning defeat. Things never quite as bad as they seem. Irish debacle. A Michigan dream. Lose by 31. The game before beat SC. One week to spare. The other one glee. Michigan rolled in a fall deluge. The Irish unable to find any refuge. Ian couldn't throw. The defense was gashed. Dreams of playoff glory by halftime were dashed. My advice, watch sports because they are fun. They are a great pastime when the work is done. Learn from a loss, celebrate a win. Perspective the key when smacked on the chin. Attitude you control. It's within your mind. Lesson learned. Irish, go back now to the grind. Look at the film. Get back to practice. Figure out just how Michigan attacked us. Yesterday and today, the sun did rise. Move on to game eight. No time for cries. This week, the Hokies come to South Bend. ND fans with a chance for hurt pride to mend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There will be better days. Keep the faith. Thank you. Thank you very much. Last Saturday night left the Irish looking for answers, and they will need to find them fast because the 5-2 Virginia Tech Hokies, a team looking for revenge after last year's beatdown in Blacksburg, comes to town, and the Irish have a gut-check moment staring them squarely in the eye. Banditos with three Fort Wayne locations, Waynedale, Georgetown, and Glenbrook Commons. Banditos is fresh made daily. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of irishillustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sher McCulloch Auctioneers, and Coors Light, the official beer of Saturday morning. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and ability provides peace of mind. Combining local expertise with access to national and international experts through their affiliation with BDO, the fifth largest accounting firm in the world. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning. The full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! This is Art Salzberg. I don't endorse everybody, but I found a company that I think provides a great service. The company is Shearer McCulloch, and what they do is targeted specifically for seniors. 
people who may be thinking about downsizing and are overwhelmed by the thought of what it's going to take. Sharon McCulloch will pack you up, move you, and then sell your house and everything that's left. Now that's the most comprehensive relocation service anywhere, and what I call in sports terms covering all the bases. Sharon McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They're looking to get top dollar from people who have an interest in the special treasures you've collected over the years. Sharon McCulloch is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms. If Sharon and I decide to make a change in lifestyle, we'll be calling Sharon McCulloch at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. We trust them, and we know they'll make things easy and profitable. Coors Light presents A Word from Kirk Herbstreet. It's Saturday morning, and that means it's time for college football. It means your fridge is filled with Coors Light. It means last night's pizza is this morning's breakfast. And washing it down with your first Coors Light of the day is worthy of an ah. It's Saturday morning, and it means showers are optional. Make Saturday mornings even more chill with a fridge full of Coors Light, the official beer of Saturday morning. 2019 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Well, Tim Priester, first of all, I hope the fans who made the truck to Ann Arbor have had a time to dry out. And uh, you said something to me about three hours before game time on Saturday, and, and we were waiting to get on the press box elevator, and I quote, Phil, I have a bad feeling about this game. <laughs> so what is it that tipped America's foremost authority off? The weather, the rain, the building I was in, uh, the knowledge that Michigan's back was against the wall. And of course, none of us anticipated Notre Dame completely laying an egg, which is what they did. But um, yeah, I mean, credit to Michigan. They were ready to play. And they they did exactly what they needed to do. They ran the ball like crazy. Uh, I, You know, here we are several days later. I don't understand why that happened to Notre Dame. I'm not sure that they do. Um, I think at a certain point they just turned the page and didn't, uh, I don't say didn't worry about it, but at a certain point, point, there's nothing you can do. You just turn the page and move on and you've got Virginia Tech waiting for you. So, uh, very disappointing, um, uh, but still a lot ahead for Notre Dame here with five games remaining. Yeah, the, the rain actually, in some ways, I think has been underrated as a factor. Now, it, it can't explain, both teams had to play on the same field and under the same conditions, but, the rain just kind of knocked everything off kilter, and for Notre Dame, it just destroyed their ability to attack in this game. Well, uh, well any, Michigan, yeah. Michigan could could run, and Notre Dame couldn't, and so therefore Notre Dame had to pass, and the conditions weren't conducive for that. Yeah, exactly. I think Notre Dame, much more so than Michigan, has to be able to pass the ball if they're going to run the ball. And at halftime, Shea Patterson had thrown the ball Two times, until in fact, until the middle of the third quarter, he'd only thrown the ball two times. Michigan just ran it down Notre Dame's throat. Well, anytime something so expected in a bad way happens, the knives come out. So let's talk Brian Kelly. Tim, his teams seem to have fallen into a pattern of being pretty good, but unable to bust through to elite. And here is the litany: Alabama, twenty twelve; Miami, twenty seventeen; Clemson, twenty eighteen. Michigan 2019 now, and also an inability to defeat ranked teams on the road. Uh, there's a few other things I could bring up. He's led this program for 10 years and has won a lot of games. But has he hit his ceiling as a coach? It's possible. I mean, it certainly looks that way when you consider uh, 
you know, what has happened in the big games. By the way, Clemson comes to town next year when you're talking about yeah, big yeah. games, but they're better at home. They've won 15 in a row. But, that, you know, that, that could be. I, there's a lot to be said for beating the teams that you should beat, which is what allows you to win 10 games on a on an annual basis. I, you know, I I think it's, it, you know, I think we all want to come to the conclusion that he's reached the ceiling and it, it can't go any higher. But this is still a program on very solid footing. The recruiting's very good. Um, the feeling up until Saturday about the program in and around the program itself has been very good. I can't answer whether he can take it to another level, but the signs point to he can't, uh, even though they're still in line to win 10 games for the fourth time in five years. Okay, well, uh, of course, then another thing that comes out this week, it didn't really come out, but it's Paul Feinbaum of ESPN, who I always take his his takes with a huge chunk of salt, uh, said that Notre Dame should buy out Brian Kelly and open the checkbook to Urban Meyer. First of all, is there any way in the world that will happen? But let's more specifically, should Brian Kelly's contract be extended? Yeah, well, his contract is good through 2021. That was something that I that I wrote about afterwards, that his job's not in danger, but maybe that contract extension is. First of all, I've been writing, I've been commenting about Paul Feinbaum and his comments about Notre Dame since the early 80s, uh, when he probably had hair and I was a lot younger. Um, it's really absolutely none of his business what Notre Dame does with their their coaching position. And so for him to say that's what Notre Dame should do, I mean, it, it's he's entitled to say whatever he wants, of course, and, and he's entitled to predict whether Notre Dame wins or loses. But when he starts saying what Notre Dame should do with their head coaching position, he really should mind his own business because it has nothing to do with him. Well, Urban Meyer is not coming to Notre Dame, folks, and boy does Paul Feinbaum know how to push buttons, and I guess that's how he's gotten to where he's gotten. Tim, I got to observe Brian Kelly after the the Saturday night loss uh, in the press conference, but but I wasn't at the Monday press conference, and now I'm going to ask you to, to, to play a judge in the courtroom, something I actually do quite a bit. How was Brian Kelly's demeanor on Monday? Is he really feeling the stress from this loss? Uh, I'm... I... I'm not really sure that I'm in a position to judge that. I know he didn't. When I asked a question about still about Michigan, he didn't want to want to answer that, which is, I guess, is his prerogative. It's also my prerogative to ask about it. Um, it, it is an open press conference, but it really that really doesn't matter. That's neither here nor there. I thought he handled the post game uh, pretty deftly. And you know, I mean, you know, the guy. He's under he's under a lot of strain and his team performed very poorly and so if he's a little chippy at times, so be it. Over the course of ten years you can count on probably two hands how many times he's been a little chippy about it. But uh, I think you know, I think generally he handles those things pretty well. But I think by Monday he was a little fed up with um, you know, perhaps some of the things that gravitated to him from the outside and, and um certainly the way his team played and then, you know, further questions about it. But I think I think 99 times out of 100, and maybe even a greater percentage than that, he handled himself uh, pretty professionally and pretty well under those circumstances. Yeah, he does, and surely by Monday he was he was ready to move on. So enough about Brian Kelly. Let's talk Notre Dame Nation's other favorite subject, Ian Book. Ian, eight of 25, 73 yards. Uh, Timmy's not as good as last year. Whose fault is that? And why doesn't Phil Jerkovic get more of a shot? 
Well, it's Ian Book's fault first and foremost, and then it's the coaching staff. I don't know, you know, what percentage you want to put on on each. Um, you know, it's all of them. I always say in football and any sport, it's never one thing, and I don't think in this case it's one thing. Uh, and I understand why people would want Phil Dracovic to be able to step up and help them, but I, I find it kind of funny that, um, you know, his first three passes, Dracovic, that is, were three of the ugliest passes you were ever going to see, but I didn't hear one person mention that because they're fed up with the way Ian Book has played, and then this, you know, 8 for eight for 25 with 73 yards. I will say no interceptions, uh, but people don't seem to, to grasp the importance of that, but um, you know, I get it. I get it completely, and I don't really understand why he's regressed. His pre-snap decisions are bad. His his vision of the field is bad. His uh, pocket presence is is not good, and he still is hesitant to throw the ball downfield at times. So, I get it. Uh, but you know, my response to that is just because he's bad doesn't mean that there's a solution elsewhere. And uh, Brian Kelly and Chip Long agree with that because they're staying with Ian Book on a full-time basis. Now, that could change in a moment's notice, but I agree with the decision because Ian Book is capable. We've seen him be capable for whatever reason. He's playing very incapably, and they need to get him back to that spot he was, especially early last year. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, maybe people are catching on to him. That has nothing to do with with bad pre-snap reads. It has nothing to do with looking right at a guy that's open and not pulling the trigger. And it really has very little to do with pocket presence. So uh, it's on him. It's on the coaching staff. And right now, Phil Dracovic is not the answer as much as everyone would like him to be. Yeah. And if you're sitting on my end of the press box, you would have heard me say Dracovic did not throw the ball well on the first three. <laughs> that was pretty obvious to me. That's something and I, and, and, you I'm know, sensitive I mean, I understood to that. about putting him in the game, yeah. and I think that if Nordheim hadn't scored the one touchdown to cut it to 10, he probably would have been in sooner than that. But when you cut it to 10, and it's early or relatively early in the third quarter, there's still a chance, and you still want to go with the guy that you feel gives you the best chance to win, despite yeah. how he's playing at that time. Yeah, and Ian Book, uh, one statistic that people should not forget, he has thrown 15 touchdowns this year. He's only thrown two interceptions. That that Taking care of the ball goes a long way. Uh, okay, moving on to this week. Uh, the lure of the playoff uh, hunt is obviously gone. Uh, that's actually been kind of a rarity in the last few years in, in Brian Kelly's tenure. Usually in November, the Irish are still relevant. So what now becomes the motivation for this team? Uh, you know, I mean, be a professional about it and play the game the way you're supposed to. You, you have a responsibility to yourself, to your teammates, to your coaching staff, to your school. I don't really think that that should be very hard. We have teams all over the country that are in a lot worse situation than Notre Dame. And, you know, I know we live in the age where play it's playoffs are bust and, and 10 and two in a cotton bowl uh, bid and win means little to a lot of people, but it means it still means a lot to Notre Dame and the coaching staff. And so all the things that I've mentioned should be plenty of motivation. I, I mean, I realize it's disappointing, but only four programs have an opportunity to make the playoffs, and Notre Dame made it last year, and they're not going to make it this year. But, uh, you know, pride in what you do, and, and certainly guys are playing for NFL contracts now. There shouldn't be any problem with motivation. Well, the the word pride that you just said I think is key, and I think that's what you'll, you'll see now come to the forefront for the Irish. Uh, Tim, defensively, 
the play of Julian Aquara continues to puzzle. Two tackles Saturday, just 14 for the season. Tim, we thought this guy would lead the Irish to greatness, so at least the defense to greatness. How much was expected of him before the season, and how much are we getting? Well, I mean, to put a sack number on it, I think is is difficult to do, or maybe a little bit unfair because that's more that can be more of a team thing. But there were great expectations there. There's no doubt. I, you know, I mean, just from a from a f- football observation standpoint, I'd, I'd like to see him a little bit more committed to the to the complete cause because um, they need him to stop the run too. You know, I mean, it, it, he didn't sign up just to rush the passer. He signed up to play defensive end at, at a high level for Notre Dame. And I, and I, you know, I mean, as I rewatch the game, I don't, I mean, you know what it's like, Phil, in the press box. There's so many moving parts and so many things to consider and so many things to track that I can't see all that. But when you rewatch the game, the TV version of it, um, you know, his team needs him to play the run. And I don't see him doing that very often. And um, I think that's wrong on his part. Unfortunately, pass rushers get paid regardless. So, you know, he can probably get away with that, which is unfortunate uh, in, in the college game. But um, Notre Dame needs more from him. And I'm, and I'm not sure that he's made the commitment to that. That's just my observation. I'm not trying to be cruel or pick on anybody. That's my observation of a football player. Well, it's going to be interesting uh, to see how he performs against Navy in a few weeks because they will run the ball. We know that. Now, Tim, searching for some bright spots here, linebacker Bo Bauer, you wrote this week, quote, has become one of the great Irish special teams players of the modern era. Tell us about Bo Bauer. Let me ask you a question. Do you agree with that? Uh, I hear his name. Am I overstating yeah. it a little bit? Uh, great. That that that. I found the, those words to be a, a little uh, shock, not shocking at all. But uh, I was surprised to say great. But does he not dominate? Does he not dominate? Yes, on a fairly regular basis. Yes, I see. You hear Bo Bauer's name almost on every single kickoff. Yeah, I mean he's he's really good, he's and then there. he gets a hand on the punt. And it, you know, again, you don't want to not revisionist history, but usually when a guy blocks a punt, it goes in the other direction. <laughs> Not downfield, and if yeah. that ball goes in the end zone, he falls on or whatever. It's seven nothing, and who knows how it transpires. But he's really good. You know, he's really good. And you know, the next step for him is to make it translate to the Mike linebacker position. Now he's caught behind Drew White. He's probably a fixture for twenty twenty and twenty twenty one. But he's you know he's a good football player. He's tough. He plays hard. He's physical. Uh, I think I don't. I don't think it's an exaggeration at all to say that he is a great special teams player. He he has been uh, superb. Seventeen tackles on the year. Uh, that makes him tenth on the team, and that's been predominantly in a role as a special teams player. That's remarkable. All right, Tim, a quick hit. What is the temperature of this football team right now? And the scale runs from steel-eyed determination all the way down to. Over in the corner, head down and whimpering. Tim Priester, where is the psyche of this football team right now? Well, they're they're on neither end of the spectrum, I would imagine. But you know, I, I think there's a lot of pride with this program. I, I know that there's a ton of pride on the defensive side of the ball, and 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 respect for their coordinator Clark Lee, and so I expect them to bounce back. Uh, they won't be facing an offense, and it's certainly not as physical as what Michigan's proved to be. Although Michigan's offense had been. Um, struggling, but you know, I think it. I think it's up there. I mean, I think it's up in the 
the, the 90 percentile in terms of commitment to the cause. If it's not, uh, then they're going to lose again at least one time. Um, but I don't think that they're there. I, I would be very surprised. I thought the leadership on this team was very good before the year started. They named seven captains, which is an unusually high number. But it was difficult to argue uh, any of those, other than maybe one or two that maybe made it just based upon merit of play as opposed to leadership. But uh, I think it's still there. I guess we'll we'll get a better picture on Saturday when the when the temperatures and the winds aren't very good in Notre Dame Stadium. But uh, I think it's still there. I think there's a lot of pride in this program, and I think it's going to take more than that, even though that was pretty extreme for them to let down completely. Okay, well, let's say that temperature is much closer to steel-eyed determination than than the other extreme. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero, key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by our friends at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba. This is the 334th edition of Fighting Irish Preview. Shine the light into my room Treat each house as if it was your own. Our mission statement at Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Hi, I'm Jim Bushy. At Bushy's, we're proud of our home improvement products that we offer, and we are even more proud of the award-winning installers who will come to your home. Right now, take advantage of our 12-month 0% interest payment plan, and estimates are always free. So call Bushy's at 456-1247, stop into our showroom, or check out Bushy'sFW.com. Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Your clear choice. Your clear choice is Bushy's. Your clear choice is Bushy's. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba. Notre Dame has held 19 of 20 opponents during Clark Lee's tenure as defensive coordinator to 30 points or less. The one exception was Michigan last week. Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba is a full-service accounting firm dedicated to providing personalized service and professional guidance for a wide range of personal and business needs. Call them today. Hey, I'm Kirk Herbstreet, and I watch college football like it's my job. It is your job. I know, but sometimes I like to get out of the booth and chill. Here, have a Coors Light. Thanks. So, where was I? You're on my couch. In my spot. Oh, is this your spot? It's a nice spot. Great view. Make Saturday mornings even more chill with a fridge full of Coors Light, the official beer of Saturday morning. 2019 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Houck. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The 16th ranked Irish hosts the Virginia Tech Hokies this week. TV coverage on NBC starts at 2.30 p.m. South Bend time. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero, brought to you by the Marina at Lake Age. Chris Craft, Master Craft, and Premier Pontoons. We share your boating passion. And now we continue our series on the great defensive players of the last 60 years. Last week, Stam, Stonebreaker, and Pritchard, the three amigos. This week, an all-time fan favorite, plucked out of a tough Chicago neighborhood. As an undersized freshman nose guard in 1987, Chris Zorich did not see any action for the Irish. 
But motivated by Lou Holtz's confidence in him, he dedicated himself in the offseason to improving himself. And in his sophomore year, he started all 12 games of Notre Dame's 1988 National Championship season. In 89, he was a consensus All-American. And in 1990, he was a unanimous All-American and received the Lombardi Award. He capped off his college career by being named the most valuable defensive player in the 1991 Orange Bowl after an amazing 10-tackle performance. Tim Krzorch was a tough player who combined strength and 4.68 seconds speed in the 40, and he always wore his heart on his sleeve. Well, that he did, Phil. I mean, he was kind of a uh, you know a modern-day player uh, that was a throwback to the game, and uh, I, I think we can safely say he is one of the great players of, of the modern era of Notre Dame. Just the tenacity and the toughness. And, you know, I can still picture uh, a picture that we had of him when he was a freshman linebacker. You would barely recognize him. He built himself up to a, a defensive lineman. And it just his tenacity and, and pride in representing Notre Dame and the, the effort and the, the, the um, consistency of his performance was tremendous. He was. There were many anchors of that 1988 national championship team, but with him right in the middle, he was as big an anchor as anybody. Yeah, for him to come from nowhere as a sophomore like that and play such a key role was remarkable. Chris Zorch played for his hometown Chicago Bears after they drafted him in the second round, and he played for them from 1991 to 1997. Chris Zorich, another Marina Lake Age all-time Irish hero. The Marina Lake Age, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish victory. Uh, Tim, Virginia Tech is 5-2. and two. They were off last week, but they are on a three-game roll, including a six-overtime win over North Carolina in their last action. Their two losses, interestingly, have been at the hands of future ND opponents Boston College and Duke. It looks like the Hokies have settled on dual-threat quarterback sophomore Hendon Hooker, but he is working his way back from a hyperextended knee suffered against North Carolina. With him, the offense has improved, particularly in the area of ball security. Hooker is completing 57% of his passes and is the team's third-leading rusher, and he likes to get Hokie tight ends involved in the game. If he can't go, senior Ryan Willis who Hooker replaced a month ago, and freshman Quincy Patterson, another dual-threat guy, will be in the mix. Both Hooker and Patterson have been utilized in the Wildcat formation. In the passing game, the Hokies will take shots down the field, and Notre Dame fans will recall 6'2 junior wide receiver Damon Hazelton. Last season against the Irish, he caught 12 passes, good for 131 yards and a touchdown. Hazelton has been working his way back from injury and has just 10 catches so far this season, but five of them have gone for touchdowns. The rushing attack has been inconsistent and averages under four yards per carry. Overall, the Hokies are averaging 30 points per game. Defensively, Tim, last week it was the legendary Dan Brown coordinating for Michigan. This week, the legendary Bud Foster coordinating. Foster has been coaching the Hokie defense now for 33 years and is headed for retirement after this season. And like Michigan, he is known for an attacking, aggressive scheme. Middle linebacker Richard Ashby is undersized at 5'10", 237, but he has been outstanding. 71 tackles in seven games. Watch for him, number 23, to be making plays all over the field. 
Overall, this group has been stingy in the red zone, but they give up 29.6 points per game, and that ranks 86 nationally. One special teams player of note is punter Oscar Bradburn. He is really good. The Australian boot, as he is known, has the Hokies ranked 7th nationally in net punting. So this may not be the week that Chris Fink gets on track. Tim, one thing the Hokies have done very well is convert in the red zone, where they are 28-29 on the season. That may be their strength. On the other hand, this defense is undersized up front, and that may mean the Irish can run the football. Oh, and one last thing. Weather forecast for South Bend on Saturday? High of 40 with a chance of snow. So, what is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? I, I really think that Nordame has the advantages on, on both lines. Now, Bud Foster can compensate for that with, an, with the attacking defense that you said he'll bring. You know, Michigan may, mainly brought their, their blitzes from the, the second level with their linebackers, but Foster uh, will bring it from all levels. So, that can make it a little bit tricky. But I, I really think that uh, Nordame's offensive line um, even without Tommy Kramer, has an advantage on their defensive line straight up and Notre Dame's defensive line against their offensive line. Uh, I think that might be even a, a, a bigger advantage for Notre Dame. Okay, advan- advantage in the trenches. That is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish? Well, in accordance with that, Phil, I'm going to go with Trevor Ruland. He is the uh, fifth-year senior that will be replacing Tommy Kramer at right guard. He is He's not a power guy. Uh, he's more of a technician, which I think works pretty well against this line and probably most of the lines that they, they face from here on out. Uh, I would compare him to Mike Golick, who was a starter a, a few years back and actually on the, the, the national championship runner-up. I, I think there are a, a lot of similarities there between the two. Um, so Trevor Ruland, uh, with that offensive line, looking for Notre Dame to, to get its running bank, running game going again. Okay, Trevor Ruland filling in for the injured Tommy Kramer. He is your Aspen Mortgage key Irish player this week. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the injury report brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now with 19 Indiana locations. Uh, Tim, a couple of key injuries during the Michigan game. How did the Irish stand health-wise going into Game 8? Yeah, we mentioned Tommy Kramer, uh, knee sprain, which sounds good, but the reality is he'll probably miss the rest of the regular season be back for the bowl game. And Tony Jones Jr. did not carry in the second half, I think, uh, if, if I'm correct on that. He was he had a rib injury, Brian Kelly said, after the game, and then on Monday that he expected him to play. Uh, Sean Crawford came back last week. We really didn't see him till the second half. And he seemed pretty active, uh, so he should be that much further along, which is important as Notre Dame moves down the stretch here uh, against the passing game in particular. Yeah, okay, that's great. It it's actually was really good to see Sean Crawford back there out on the field. Uh, on last Saturday, we were picking our, our moments carefully, and that was one of them, thankfully. Thanks, Tim. And that is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report. And it's now time for the world-famous Irish Illustrated Prediction, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. Tim Priester, Vegas says the Irish by 17 and a half. What does America's foremost authority say? I'll make a prediction that there is there are very very few people that are going to pick Notre Dame to win by more than seventeen, and and that's you know that's that's part of the game. Every seven days we change our opinion, but I think that line is uh, tells you a little bit something about what I said earlier about 
Notre Dame's advantage in the trenches. Virginia Tech's given up 14 or 15 touchdown passes, so they're vulnerable there. But as you mentioned, the wind could be a factor. I think Notre Dame gets back to running the football uh, well. Again, you better be assignment conscious because they're going to be bringing people from the second and third level. So you have to account for them. But I think Notre Dame runs the football well. Uh, I think Hendon Hooker's knee injury is going to limit what he does in the Wildcat, which is a huge part of his game and the read option as well. I'm going with, this is probably a little bit lower scoring than a lot of predictions, but I'm going with Notre Dame 37, Virginia Tech 17. 37 to 17 in favor of the Irish. That is Tim Priester's world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. And for my prediction, Tim, I expect the Irish to respond to adversity created by last week with focused and hopefully a little anger. I'm struck that while the Hokies are 5-2, and two, three of those wins have come against FCS schools, Furman, Rhode Island, and Old Dominion. I'll take the Irish, Notre Dame 35, Virginia Tech 21. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovlin, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.